Hello and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I'm your host, Mark Ambrosio. And I'm your co-host, Megan Vol. Megan, off the top of your head, can you tell me what books you remember that are in the Old Testament? Oh God, you're throwing me back to Catholic school. Okay. Um, the Old Testament. So. Yeah, sort of the Hebrew scriptures, yes. G- Genesis, Exodus, I know Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Isaiah, and that, that I think is my knowledge of the Old Testament. <laughs> well, that's fair. And you've probably heard of like the Psalms. Like, yes, the Psalms, yes. Yeah, yeah. The Lord is my shepherd is classic, um, especially in the English, English-speaking world. Um, and Exodus is, of course, Moses leaving, uh, leading the Israelites out of Egypt yep. to the Promised Land. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of books in the Old Testament, otherwise known as the Hebrew Scriptures, one of which is the Book of Ruth. Joining us to talk about the Book of Ruth is someone who recently completed his PhD in comparative literature here at Western, Luigi DeAngelis Soriano. Luigi, why don't you tell us a little bit about what what research you did? I know you you defended your PhD in August and you graduated in October. So congratulations, Luigi. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So that's wonderful. And you've you finished like an amazing accomplishment of PhD in comparative literature, which I know is a very rigorous discipline here at Western. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, your studies into the Book of Ruth and what you brought that's new to that subject. Well, what I brought to the field of comparative literature is a, is a current study on the history of reception of the Book of Ruth. Um, and particularly, I was interested in, in also bringing Spanish into the, into the um, study of the reception of the Book of Ruth. The works that I concentrated on are, are are fairly obscure. I think they are they are not very common in comparative literature studies. So I think that uh, by bringing together authors like Tirso de Molina from from 17th century Spain, Poussin, uh, Chagall, and Gabriela Mistral from the 20th century, I think that that is an important contribution that I did, bringing together these these authors that otherwise wouldn't be studied together. So in a way, I think that the Book of Ruth was uh, the connective thread mm-hmm. among these different authors that are very important authors in each discipline or each field. Uh, now, Luigi, I'm, I'm a bit of a newcomer to the whole, the Hebrew text and, and the Book of Ruth. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners might be too. Mm-hmm. So could you just give me a really brief overview of what the Book of Ruth is and maybe what are some of the stories involved in it? Sure. Uh, the Book of Ruth tells one single story. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes it interesting and particularly and in particular compared to other books uh, from the Hebrew Bible where they re- they retell or they tell uh, several stories. The, the Book of Ruth concentrates on one story about uh, a Moabite woman mm-hmm. who, uh, instead of uh, that, after um, her husband dies, instead of going back to her mother's house, which was the the usual thing to do in the in those times, you go back and you try to remarry because that was part of the idea of being a woman in those times was mm-hmm. being married and and and, 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 and bear children to, to your husband that was the idea 
uh, instead of doing that, she decides to follow her mother-in-law, who was also a widow. So now we have the story of two independent widows <laughs> in, in ancient Israel, going back to Israel because they were in Moab, wh which in, in, in those times was an enemy nation of Israel. That also has an important significance because the friendship that um, Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth and Ruth, have uh, implies also the, a relationship between people who uh, traditionally, culturally, historically were expected to, to hate each other. Mm -hmm. And actually they become friends and they are together. Um, so Ruth decides to do that and, they, and then they go to Bethlehem in Israel but they have like all kinds of legal issues because the, the idea of two women mm -hmm. by themselves was really not part of the ethos. They, they, they have to deal with the legislation of the time, with the laws, with the biblical laws, and they find a way actually to, to solve their problem. That is, uh, they approach Boaz, who was um, who was a relative of Naomi, and they apply uh, two legal institutions that there, there's uh, in the Bible there's no evidence of um, applying these two legal institutions uh, together. That is the leverate marriage and the redemption. So the two two legal institutions. That way, Boaz uh, marries Ruth, and um, they are able to belong to um, to join uh, a patriarchal household again, which was important for them to survive in those times. But the interesting thing is that the book emphasizes a lot the kindness as, mm -hmm. uh, as, the, as the virtue that um, makes Ruth worthy. And finally, the big surprise, the big twist at the end of the story is that Boaz and Ruth are not common people, as mm -hmm. we think, because the story keeps the idea that they are common people, that they are in rural Israel. They are the, the, the grandparents of King David. Oh, okay. And that oh. is the big surprise at the end of the story. So it, it, is, um, it is basically a very domestic, mm -hmm. simple story, but at the end, you have a genealogy that tells you that they are the grandparents of, of, of King David. And in Christianity, it's also important mm -hmm. because Ruth, according to the Gospel of Matthew, is, is, is named as an ancestress of Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, so. I, yes. Coming from a Christian background, I, I recognized King David. Mm -hmm. And I think it's rather remarkable that this is a story about two women. Um, I know, again, coming from a Catholic Christian mm -hmm. background, um, mm -hmm. that's not common <laughs> for no. us. No. no, not at all. No. That's very interesting, yeah, because we think of Jesus as ancestry back to King David, we think of it through a patriarchal, like from Joseph, um, although I mean, he's not, according to Christianity, he's not Joseph's biological son, but some, some by adoption, but through Joseph, he's a descendant through a male line, primogenitor, the male, male succession, uh, going back to King David. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to hear, I didn't know that, or if I did, I'd forgot, totally forgotten, because I have uh, I have some familiarity studying uh, uh, the Bible, but that study of 
David's grandparents and grandmother. Is the grandmother specifically? Ruth is, the, is David's grandmother. Okay. Yeah. And that adds a real domestic touch so, to so, David. Sorry, great-grandmother. Great-grandmother. Okay, great that's good to know. Thank you. Um, so when you're reading the Book of Ruth, are you reading it in Hebrew? I read it in Hebrew, oh. yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to really understand the significance of the words and the rhythm and everything was going on there, yeah. So did that take some preparation to learn Hebrew? And yeah, well, I can only yeah, it you. takes it takes yeah. a lot of preparation to do that because it's, it's classical Hebrew. It's not modern mm-hmm. Hebrew, so it's not that I can just like some people say that you can learn a language just by listening <laughs> to Osmosis, you yeah. know television or radio. That that was not a resource that was helpful in this case. But um, in fact, to, to to be fair, I have to say that. Um, there are some resources right now. For example, there are recorded versions of the Hebrew Bible that help to do that. And there are apps. Like, everything is apps now. So, <laughs> it really so, is. <laughs> so, yeah, so there, are, there are sorts of apps that you can download, and then you have the Hebrew Bible, and you have, you have the Hebrew Bible, and, and then you can also listen to, to, to someone reading it. And, and, and there is something... Classical Hebrew. Classical Hebrew. And, and that is something... V- important because because there is also a disposition that you need to read the, the the classical Hebrew there is um it's not only the rhythm or the sounds that are represented there but there is also a mood in which the the stories are read especially the stories that belong to the five scrolls the Ruth is among those stories from the five scrolls and each scroll represents um, a particular religious festival or feast, and so each one has like a, a disposition, a mood in, in, in which they have to be read. I think that's really fascinating because we're all familiar, and this is t- starts to touch a little bit on my research, but we're all familiar with different genres. Like there are detective shows, there are um, mysteries or romances, there's the Hallmark movie, <laughs> which all follow fairly, <laughs> oh. fairly standard conventions, especially the Hallmark movie, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the Hallmark movie always ends with a kiss at the end, um, and, and tends, to, <laughs> <laughs> tends to take place in uh, Vermont or New Hampshire, um, <laughs> but, yeah. um, and they have, very, they, have, they have moods. And now I had I do not read biblical or classical Hebrew or modern Hebrew, <laughs> do not read Hebrew of any variety, but... Um, I know like different books of the of the, of the Bible in general and the Hebrew scriptures as well are different genres and it's fascinating what you said about picking up the mood by reading the he- Hebrew text yeah. and that you really cut latch onto it by by reading the Hebrew. Can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. I, 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 I first read the Book of Ruth uh, in Spanish. That was my first approach to the Book of Ruth in Spanish, the Reina Valera version when I was a kid. Uh, I found it very absorbing. Everything was, I mean, it was a very special book to me because it was, since that time, it was very absorbing. The, the, the images, the, the way the story is told is wonderful. And then I read it in English, of course. And then I was just curious. I was thinking, I mean, the original is in Hebrew, and and, mm-hmm. and, and I felt that there was something about the original that, that, that was there in the translations. But then I thought, yeah, I have to go to the original to confirm, to, to see what is going on there. And um, and I was not wrong. There, there, there are 
there are many things related to the word choices, for example, that give um, a particular significance to certain moments. For example, uh, there is a word that means at the same time means like a piece of cloth, and but it also means at the same time wings. Mm. So, and and there is a certain ambiguity regarding the, the that, and that is something that the uh, that the author of the Book of Ruth uses, for example, he, he the, or she, we don't know the gender of the author of the Book of Ruth for sure, but the the biblical author really plays a lot with 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 that with the with the meanings of words with the double meanings of words complicates really the, the experience mm. and but i think that it compli- that the author complicates the experience in very interesting ways that i mean in 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 you can you you can actually read it in a way in which it can mean both things but mm. but it's beautiful the way it's presented and it's something that is lost in translation it's something that um, translators have to decide, and I have seen translations in Spanish and in English where sometimes they decide to translate it as wings, sometimes they decide to translate it to translate it as a piece of cloth. So it's fascinating. This is just a, a, a very little example, but um, but definitely reading the Hebrew original is a whole experience. It's, it's very absorbing, very beautiful. The sounds are are, are very beautiful. Some of the sounds don't exist in, in in Spanish, other sounds don't exist in English, so it's it's really a, a very transporting experience. Um, now speaking of, of Hebrew, your research is looking at a certain, I think, type of Hebrew term, is that correct? You were talking about um, yes. the kindness in, in Ruth's, in the book of Ruth. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, that specific term and what it means? Yes, that's the central Mm-hmm. aspect of my research is um, I, I always thought that it would be interesting to do something re- related to justice mm-hmm. as, as an overarching theme in my in my work because because my academic background includes law, education and literature so I was thinking this is a good, good tri- theme mm-hmm. yeah, it's good a, triangulation it's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah so it was yeah it, it was not too difficult to, 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 to get there because actually my supervisor was amazing and, 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 and he had many good ideas but then when I I needed to uh, justice as you can imagine is a is a is impossible to write a dissertation about justice yep. it's <laughs> you really have to narrow down mm-hmm. a lot so when, when we were thinking about it we found in the text that um, the central theme of the of the book of Ruth according to to some scholars is uh, in major rabbis uh, is is chesed, okay. the, the, which is a term that um, it's also very interesting because it doesn't have a clear translation in Spanish, English, or any other language that I know. So we thought, okay, it seems that it, this book is presenting us with. Um, with a model of justice based on this concept mm-hmm. that we cannot translate, uh, but that it has been translated in in, in, in some ways. And uh, the most common is loving kindness. Okay, it's a word that uh, that it doesn't completely encompass the the meaning. Um, the term chesed has to do with kindness, 
with commitment, with love, with loyalty. And it's all that, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's all that together in one word. And it's also a lifestyle. It's, like, it's something that is not that you just decide to be merely kind because you like someone or or you just want to be kind. It's, it's not like that. If you just translate it as kindness, it gives the impression that is completely volitional. And in and, and the term chesed, it's a huge commitment with with goodness mm-hmm. and, and, and and with decency and um and especially with loyalty. It's, it's, it's really it's like a contract with with, okay. with with everyone, really with you, you, you are supposed to to act in a certain way with with, with everyone, really. Okay. Luigi, something about the word has said. Um so you mentioned that's central to your research. Is that what you... Because I know you're looking at uh, dram- dramatic, like drama, visual visual arts, and poetic uh, retellings of the Book of Ruth. Um, yes, yes. Does it, does, do these retellings center around the concept of Hesed? Well, the interesting thing is that it is impossible to retell the story of Ruth without addressing the idea of Hesed. Oh. What happens is that since uh, the term is Hebrew, it's a Hebrew term, and it's um, it, it is a concept that is deeply rooted in the Hebrew culture. So, so Hebrew people understand it. In Judaism, is is very clear the idea of Chesed as a as a moral principle, but it's not that clear in Christianity and in, 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 in secular contexts in the West. Uh, so what I found interesting about this project was that it is impossible to retell the story of Ruth without addressing the idea of Chesed, but none of the authors do it directly. It's like it's, it's, it's not that they construct something specific about Chesed. And something in- interesting that I also found out here is that sometimes what they do is that they adapt the, or, or they create a sort of um, dialogue within their works uh, in which the idea of chesed sometimes is combined with other ideas that we are more familiar with. For example, in, 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 in the case of Tirso de Molina, 17th century, Spain, Catholic. So we have the idea of the, uh, several principles that are important to Christianity like charity, love, uh, faith. So So those are the ideas that are related to Hesed that Tirso de Molina emphasize, okay. e- emphasizes. So uh, the concept is not I- is present in all the retellings, but is adapted uh, within particular cultural contexts. You mentioned uh, the Spanish playwright Tirso de Molina. <laughs> Can you maybe uh, go over? So, um, who are the other uh, artists you're looking at and authors, and, mm-hmm. and what what is their significance? <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I, I decided to work with major artists. That was also a conscious choice uh, when I decided to to structure this project in a certain way. So, Tirso de Molina is the is the the author of a of a of a play called uh, The Best Gleaner, La Mejor Espigadera, that is based on the Book of Ruth, and he wrote it in the 17th century in in the context of um, in a very 
interesting context because it's the is what is called the Spanish Golden Age, mm. and is in the Spanish Golden Age is immediately in literary studies is immediately associated with drama with with theater. So there there, there is also a tradition within the tradition that is the the adaptation of biblical. Uh, stories uh, for for the dramatic representation, and uh, there is a fair number of these stories that are based on the on the Hebrew Bible. So it, it is within this cultural context that I decided to do this part of the research. Then uh, the other the other authors are, and cultural or artists are, for example, in the visual arts. I use the work by Poussin, Nicolas Poussin who is a French Baroque artist, oh, yes. also from the 17th century. Uh, what I was interested about there was, um, I was interested in the collection that uh, he has a set of paintings called The the, the, the Four Seasons. Uh, so he did something very original at the time that was painting, r- visually representing the, the Four Seasons each season with a different story from the Hebrew Bible. And that was something that was very original, very different, because many auth- many painters, many artists had already, of course, painted uh, the, the seasons, but th- this was the first time that someone decided, or at least it, it, it was very original at the time. I don't know if it is the first. So that is something that I need to clarify, because then we have, like, there's always someone who will say, like, mm-hmm. no, there is someone... So I, I'm, I'm not sure if he was the first, but it was a, perceived as something original at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he did it in a very clever way because the stories that he decided to use are very also not, not the most common. Like uh, one of them is because he's, well, two of them are very common. is Adam and Eve and for the spring and then um, for the winter, it was the flood, you know, the story mm-hmm. of the flood. But uh, for the summer, he decided to use, for the representation of the summer, he decided to use the Book of Ruth, and I found that very interesting. And, and from there is where I elaborate a lot of things um, about the significance of the summer, because the Book of Ruth also has an important significance that perhaps is easier to appreciate in the order that is given to the Book of Ruth in the in the cr- Christian biblical canon where where the book of Ruth is placed in between the book of Judges and the book and the first book of Samuel mm-hmm. among the historical books is that correct uh, yeah. it, and it's one of the historical books but it, it is especially significant the fact that it's placed there because it's, it tells a story that is very domestic very quiet it's very like it's it, it's, it's very serene that's the that, mm-hmm. that's is very is very peaceful in a way, the story of Ruth, and in the book of Judges can be very violent. It ends with 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 a chapter that is about the rape of a, of a woman, and the and the first book of Samuel also can, can be very very violent. So I I thought that uh, when I when when I decided to work with Poussin's painting. I thought about that. I thought about how the Book of Ruth can literally convey this idea of the summer and this idea of prosperity, this idea of hope that I think that the summer gives. And and, and, and I think that's what Poussin 
captures there. And then the other artist that I worked with was Mark Chagall, who is um, Jewish, uh, who was Jewish. And he brings the story to the 20th century, to, to, to a modernist context, mm-hmm. oh. in which a little bit dreamlike, the images are more dreamlike. They are also this sense of modesty that usually was associated with b- biblical art is left aside by 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 Mark Chagall, who is more, let's say, open in the way he visually describes, for example, Ruth's and Boaz's sexuality, in in the scene in the scene from the threshing floor. Mm-hmm. The threshing floor is is a very subtle, but 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 some critics think that there is a, an, an erotic story, really, the, the template of, a, of, a, of an erotic uh, drama there in the third chapter of the Book of Ruth. So Marc Chagall, you know, as a, as, a, as a 20th century painter, without that sense of modesty that, that, that perhaps was more prevalent in previous centuries, presents a more open you know, interpretation of what happened there, for example. So I was interested, also part of my research is the poet Gabriela Mistral. She also wrote, has a very interesting story with the Bible. She read the Bible since she was a child, and she includes many images of the Bible in her her poetry. But uh, from what I know, the, the Book of Ruth is one of the few that is about the, the the whole poem, the whole collection of sonnets is about that particular book. He she really retells the story. And now we're reading by Luigi of the first sonnet by Gabriele Mistral. Ruth Moabita a espigar va a las eras, aunque no tiene ni un campo mezquino. Piensa que es Dios dueño de las praderas y que ella espiga en un predio divino. El sol caldeo su espalda a cuchilla, baña terrible su dorso inclinado. Arde de fiebre su leve mejilla y la fatiga le rinde al el costado. Boz se ha sentado en la parva abundosa. El trigal es una onda infinita. Desde la sierra hasta donde él reposa, que la abundancia ha cegado el camino. Y en la onda de oro la Ruth Moabita viene espigando a encontrar su destino. So I was interested in what was, why, like why, why she decided to give that particular attention to the Book of Ruth. And it was, it, it was very interesting because she also leaves aside some elements from the biblical story to really embrace the, the story within her own frame that has always been, if you read uh, Gabriela Mistral's poetry, it's all about loneliness. It's, it's all about how to survive and, and, and being alone. And, and, and I think that the way she embraces the Book of Ruth to communicate those feelings, it, it was also very, very interesting. Well, Luigi, that's, you know, I actually, if we had more time, I'd really love to ask you how you did all that analysis. And it sounds fascinating. Yes, it's, it's fascinating. The time just flew by, unfortunately, and that's, that's the unfortunate thing about 
these episodes they fly by too fast Mm -hmm. but it has been a pleasure listening to you thank Thank you you. so much for coming on the show thank you so with that this has been gradcast the official radio show and podcast of the society of graduate students at western university i've been your host megan bull and my co-host was mark ambrosio and we've been speaking with luigi de angelis soriano and this episode was produced by Scott Walters. If you would like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcast at sogs.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Gradcast Radio, and now on TikTok too. To listen to us, we're on Radio Western at 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. And now Gabriella Mistral's first sonnet of Ruth translated to English. Ruth the Moabitess goes to glean in the fields, although she doesn't have even a wretched bit of land. She thinks that God is the owner of the prairies and that she gleans on a divine estate. The Chaldean sun slashes into her shoulders and terribly bathes her stooped back. Her light cheek burns with fever and fatigue exhausts her side. Boaz has sat down in the abundant pile of grain. The wheat field is an infinite wave from the mountain to where he rests, whose abundance has concealed the road. And within the wave of gold, Ruth the Moabitess comes, gleaning to meet her destiny. (laughs) ¶¶